What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Couple Podcast. Just Bryce today. We strive to make your relationship life better by giving you real life practices, up to date information, interesting interviews with knowledgeable people in the field of relationship. And above all else, we want you to feel like struggling in relationship is normal because if you haven't noticed, it is tough to be in relationship with someone else, especially an intimate partner. It doesn't mean that we're stupid or wrong or incompetent if we aren't really good at this relationship business right off the bat. For the most part, most of us weren't shown or modeled how to do secure relationship. So that's what I'm going to be talking about on this podcast, and I'm going to use some reference points. Starting with, as most of you know, I study under Jason Gaddis, who is very much influenced by a few people, including Stan Tacken, who's one of the leaders in attachment theory. So to break it down as simply as possible, we have secure relationships, which Stan uses the metaphor of an anchor. So people that are anchors feel very secure when they're in conflict, are okay if their partner goes away, and they're also okay coming into contact with others. They're pretty agile. They can move from being with people to being on their own relatively easily. It's not that they don't get triggered ever, but they're just more comfortable being in relationship than someone who's more insecure. So when Stan refers to insecure relationships, he divides these into a few groups, but for simplicity's sake, there's really just the two that get referred to the most. One is the anxious attachment style, which he compares to a wave. And the other is the avoidant attachment style, which he uses the metaphor of an island. And what's really interesting about this, as I found in working with people, is that people tend to attract their opposite. So waves attract islands and vice versa. It's not always the case, but it also seems like women are more likely to be waves and men are more likely to be islands. I think that could have something to do with social conditioning, but I don't know that there's a a definite difference there. That's just what I've noticed. And I think it's really helpful to have this language and this understanding as I'm going to talk about today so that you can identify A, where you are, and B, maybe even better understand where your partner's coming from. Because where we often get into conflict is where we do things one way, we have a certain set of values, and we hope, we want our partner to value the same things, act the same way, want what we would want. And when they don't, it gets really confusing and frustrating, and we're struggling to understand. So I can speak probably more to the avoidance style because that's where I feel like I default to when I'm feeling triggered. And I think it's helpful to also note that you can have you can have island tendencies and wave tendencies and anchor tendencies. We're not trying to fit anyone into a box because if you walk into the, the room and start telling your partner how he or she is insecure in their relationship and they're this and they're that, it's probably not going to feel good for them. So I just want to throw that out there. So when I'm triggered when someone has done something or been a certain way that's impacting me 
Most often that will be Jenny because that's who I'm in relationship with the most. I'll start feeling this overwhelm. As we're talking, I'm going to start thinking in my head, tuning out, wanting to go somewhere else. This is part of the island nature. And I can trace this back. We can talk about how childhood shapes attachment theory because this is really where it came from is looking at how children attached to primary caregivers and how that carries over into adult relationships. We're not going to spend much time on that. Although I can totally see how as a child, as a young boy, firstborn son, I was given kudos when I would go out and play by myself or do my own thing and I remained low maintenance. So I'm not sure that that's all of what led me to being more of an island, but it certainly had some type of impact. So then as, as an adult... I continue to get praise as a man for being low maintenance. I don't have many needs. So I thought, I've changed my mind on that quite a bit now. But when when a conflict arises, even though I want to make it better, if it gets too intense, I want to go to the gym. I want to walk away. I want to go do my own thing. I want to fall into one of my coping strategies. It gets really overwhelming to be with the feelings that I'm experiencing. And so my way of not feeling, the, the avoidance way, is to move away. Whereas Jenny, who's more of the anxious type, when she gets really triggered, is really searching for the connection. She wants to talk more. She's told me that growing up, she was always attracted to men who were more avoidant, and she'd, she'd find herself longing and searching and fantasizing for the connection that she wasn't getting and in relationship this doesn't so much look like it doesn't necessarily mean that she's always wanting to talk always wanting connection but she spends a lot more time thinking about the relationship than I may especially when we're in a triggered state so whereas I as the avoider have kind of learned how to block it out and not deal, she might ruminate and spin in her head more. And and one is not better than the other. We're both in our own way finding ways to not deal with how we're feeling. I just try to go fix it with my coping strategies and she is wanting someone else to fix it through connection. And then What you'll often see is there will be a flip. So if you're in conflict a lot with your partner, I find this comes up where maybe the woman earlier on in the relationship is really driving the emotional train, holding the emotional weight, and the man's kind of like whatever, and then the woman gets tired, emotionally tired. She begins to pull away. And again, this could be he, but just more often in my experience, she begins to become more the avoider. And then all of a sudden he says, oh, what's going on? And he becomes the anxious one. So it's very easy to trade roles here. I mean, there are the extreme cases. There's some men that I know in my life that are completely avoidant. Like they can go off on their own for months at a time and hardly have any human contact, hiking, camping, you know, just very little human contact and and don't seem to really desire or need human connection very often. And then there are the super anxious types, and Jenny's turned me on to this phrase of 
relationship fantasy addiction that are very much caught up in their partner and then their next partner and can stay in a habitual dating situation or really unhealthy relationships for long periods of time. And this may show up more as a codependency. That's probably more often the case that someone would be in a codependent relationship who's also anxiously attached. So how to know which one you are is really up to you. You probably have some secure qualities if you're doing any work on yourself. And then you probably also default to either an island or a wave when conflict comes up. And again, for simplicity's sake, I'm labeling just the two, but there are other forms. For instance, I notice for me that sometimes I will anxiously try to fix the problem through talking about it because I want to avoid how I'm feeling. And this is a a common man thing, not just men, but taking on the role of fixer, attaching my worth as a husband and a partner to how my partner's feeling. And it's been my job to really notice when that's happening and call it out. Hey, I'm noticing that I really want to fix how you're feeling right now. Hey, I'm noticing that I'm wanting to avoid this conversation. There's a slight tweak here in that to really embrace conflict as a tool for self-development and growth within a relationship is instead of just trying to fix it and make it go away, it's to call forth what's actually happening. That is the path to growing most quickly, most effectively. And I think it takes time. Like if you spend half an hour a week listening to a podcast on relationships and your relationship isn't that great, that's probably not enough. That wouldn't be enough time to be in the gym and get into shape. So it wouldn't work the same way for your relationship either. Some of this framework, listening to podcasts, is just one way to gain some awareness. But you also got to be out there doing the work. So whether you're meeting with your partner once or twice a week, having a relationship meeting, you have some skills, you're practicing them, working with a coach or therapist, being a part of a group, men's group, women's group. These are some of the quickest ways to come into secure attachment is you have to work for it. Just realizing this, that you're insecurely attached, might move the need a little bit, but it's definitely not enough. And the research also shows that being in secure relationship with someone, even if it's not your partner, helps you become more securely attached. And that's why we'll sometimes work with one person initially so they can just get the feeling of what it's like to be seen and heard if they're really not getting it from their partner. Sometimes couples are ready to just step into it together, but not always. So if you're sitting there saying like, oh, my partner would never do this, they'd never listen to this podcast or sit down to do a meeting or go see a coach or practice any of these skills that I've learned, that's not a very good reason to stay stuck. You can still do some of this work on your own. With that, start to wrap up. I do have a quick update. I'm doing some quicker episodes right now. It does take a ton of time to record these episodes and edit them and put them up. And so I think having 10 to 20 minuteers here and there will be more helpful in getting them out once a week, once every other week, versus trying to do long one-hour episodes. So you can expect more of that moving forward. We're going to try to be more consistent, yet a little bit shorter, and give you bite-sized pieces of information and practices and interviews that, that are going to help you in your relationship. So just to review, 
you have the three attachment styles. You have secure, anchor, you have wave, anxious, and you have island, avoidant. You can decide where you fall in here. This is a great conversation piece if you're with people that are interested in this type of work or your partner is interested in this type of work. Yeah, and if you didn't get enough, if you're like, oh, I want to know more and you're not getting enough from this podcast now, you can check out the Smart Couple Podcast. That's my mentor, my teacher, Jason Gaddis. Or just get on Google and search Attachment Theory or watch Stan Tatkin's TED Talk. These are all great resources. So don't stop here. There's a lot of information here. This is what I base a lot of my relationship coaching around is attachment theory. Yeah, so I hope this helps and I'm hoping to be on again in a week or two. So thanks guys. 